Governor, staff is ready when you are. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, the meeting of the Sacramento City Council's Budget and Audit Committee will please come to order. Would the clerk call the roll, uh, please, to establish a quorum? Thank you. Councilmember Guetta? Here. Councilmember Jennings? Here. Councilmember Vang will be absent today. And Mayor Steinberg? I am here. Um, Mayor Pro Tem Guetta? Would you consider leading us, please, in the land acknowledgement and the Pledge of Allegiance? Yes, uh, thank you. Madam Clerk, if you mind posting the land acknowledgement on the, on the screen. Please rise for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands to the original people of this land, the Nisanan people, the Southern Maidu, the Valiant and Plains Miwok, the Putwint and Winton, Winton people, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people, history, contribution, and lives. All right, salute and pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. But thank, thank you very much, uh, Mayor Pro Tem Geta, and good morning uh, to everyone, uh, the uh, members, the, the members of the staff, and of course the public. This is a little early for a council hearing um, we uh, just got back some of us from the annual capital capital trip, and that's why we are meeting on a Friday. And this is the beginning, and I emphasize only the beginning of the city budget process. There will be many opportunities, uh, not only before this committee, but before the full city council uh, to discuss the overall budget and to break down the budget by uh, its subject matters. Today, we will uh, hear from... Um, our city finance and budget team. Uh, we will uh, also hear from uh, the Measure U committee for their recommendations, their leadership, and we look forward to both. Um, let us begin with item one, which is the proposed budget overview. And let me just begin by thanking uh, the city staff, the fiscal staff, the city managers team, and all of the departments. A budget may seem like a simple document, although it never is a simple document, but, you know, we will digest this in, what, a half an hour today and, you know, more hours over time. It takes untold numbers of hours for the city team to uh, put together the details of this budget so that we can have the debates and the deliberations. And so I just want to begin by expressing my gratitude, our gratitude for all of the important foundational work that uh, leads us here to today. Um, with that, I am turning it over to, I don't know, not sure, either the city manager um, or- yes. uh, uh, Mayor, I'd like to kick it off uh, and turn it over to Emily for the, Emily Combs, our director of finance for a presentation. 
you know, thank you for those comments, Mayor, because you are absolutely right. Uh, it is uh, it, it takes a, a village to put this together. And it's, it's really hard to believe that we're already talking about the fiscal year budget. It just seems like we finished mid-year. Uh, I, I just wanted to start by saying that, you know, we have, uh, you know, many requests uh, and needs from uh, the various departments. Uh, it's a whole process that we we start at the beginning of the year, uh, the calendar year. And the the way that I, I've prefaced these conversations this year, given our financial outlook, uh, with few exceptions, but for those requests that come from the department to uh, to maintain the services that we provide to the community now, uh, but for those that are offset uh, by revenues coming in or uh, are grant funded, the uh, the requests have been denied, and that leaves us some uh, some room here to have discussion about the you know what it is that we want to have included over and above the proposed budget. Uh, I just wanted to say that because it's been really hard. The, the departments have many needs. Uh, the community has many desires for things that we currently do to expand services. Uh, and it's been hard for me personally to, to say, no, we can't approve those things. Uh, and while we talk about a status quo budget, uh, or I do at least, that uh, it's really not that. For this coming year, we're trying to maintain the services that we provide. Uh, but in the out years, as you will see here momentarily, uh, we have some significant uh, financial um, hurdles to, to clear if we're uh, to maintain the, the level of services and the programs that we currently have. And not to, to paint a dire picture, I just want to make sure I preface uh, Emily's presentation by saying, um, we've, we're gonna be good this coming fiscal year. Uh, we have some work to do in the out years. Emily? Can I, can I just uh, add one comment, if I may, Mr. City Manager, before we sure. turn it over to Emily? So, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about um, is how difficult it is to have these conversations over Zoom as opposed to being together because it's sometimes hard to read body language and inflection and all that. And so here's what I want to just say from that uh, get-go. Um, I think we have a tremendous city team. I do. And it's reflected in this document. I, I want to also, though, invite the community and the members to engage in a robust debate about priorities and about what we do and don't do. Um, and, and to have that be okay as well. Um, that it's, um, uh, and basically, by the way, Mr. City Manager, I agree with your basic premise around the budget uh, because it is what it is, as they say. Uh, the numbers are what the numbers are. But I just wanna make sure that, um, that we are all okay with uh, the back and forth between each other, um, including with your expert city staff, because that's what helps make us better. And we might find ways to be creative um, and be able to accommodate some things that we otherwise might have not have been able to do so. So I just wanna say that from the beginning, because um, we're, all, we're all on the same team here. Even if- I, I appreciate that, Mayor, and, and absolutely. I, I feel the same way. I just want to really stress that, you know, you have a very strong city team, dedicated, hardworking, smart, all those things. And uh, we will put our back into it. You know, we can do literally anything you all want. We just can't do everything. So, Emily. Thank you so much, Mayor and Mr. City Manager. I'm going to go ahead and attempt to share my screen and try to get this right on the first try here. 
All right, is everybody able to see the presentation? Yes. Okay, perfect, thank you so much. So good morning committee and staff members. I'm Emily Combs, your finance director. And today I'll be presenting our fiscal year 22-23 budget overview. The proposed operating and capital budget was released on April 18th and is available on the city's website. So this is an overview of what we'll be covering this morning. It's rather brief, including a summary of the total budget, more detail on general measure U funds, the forecast, enterprise funds, and some future challenges. Our budget totaled 1.4 billion, which includes our general measure U fund budget of 724 million. So that's almost half of the city's total budget. Our proposed budget represents uh, status quo, or as the city manager referred to, a maintenance budget reflecting minimal changes, especially in uh, general measure U funds. There were some exceptions, such as changes that are net zero, meaning the departments had revenues that offset proposals to increase resources, or if it was something very critical to maintain service levels, we asked that departments cut their budgets, mostly in services and supplies to help offset those additional costs. So looking at general fund measure U expenditures, labor costs increased 33.6 million, which represents about a 6% increase over the prior year budget. The biggest contributing factors being what you see listed here. However, this is not a comprehensive list. Items like FICA or annual OPEB payment and other salary related items also contributed to this increase. Also included in the proposed budget is 8.3 million in one-time funds to support one additional year for homelessness response at the current service level. We were able to fund this initiative by repurposing the fund balance we had previously set aside at mid-year to close the fiscal year 22-23 projected budget gap. We are seeing significant increases in general auto liability insurance costs, so almost 5%, a 5% increase over the prior year. This is due to the city's loss history, which has been a substantial increase in large liability losses over the past 10 years. And as directed by council, we've included 1.4 million for the second year of FIRE's diversity outreach and recruitment program or DOOR. And finally, under significant changes in the general measure U fund budget, the addition of 366,000 for the Center of Sacramento History and Crocker Art Museum. So these costs represent the lease payments as well as funding for collection maintenance. It does not include the cost to relocate uh, the collections. Moving on to revenues, consistent with what was presented at mid-year, we are seeing that many revenues are thankfully recovering a little faster than what we expected. Transient occupancy taxes and parking collections are still below pre-pandemic levels. This could have an impact on our general measure youth funds should we fail to bring in enough revenues to cover our debt service obligations in both the community center fund and the parking fund. So looking at our revenue assumptions, we're expecting an increase of um, almost 6.5%, so a little over 6% in property taxes, followed by a 4% increase and then 3% thereafter. For sales and measure U collections, we're expecting increases anywhere between 3 and 4.2% in all years of the forecast. 
and utility user tax, we're, we've included a 4.2% increase to align it with the current EUT levels, and then a half of a percent going forward. So gas and electricity now accounts for about 70% of this revenue source, which is relatively stable. However, we are seeing dips in the telecom and wireless components, which is why we have such low increases included in the out years. With cannabis, which isn't listed separately here as um, under other revenues, it totals 24 million, though in fiscal year 22-23, the budget 20, 24 million. There's a bit more uncertainty when it comes to the different sectors. So we've included a 5% increase year over year until we're able to identify patterns or plateaus. So moving on to our general measure U forecast, you can see that most, for the most part, our revenues are either staying pace or outpacing our projected expenditures when you exclude the one-time resources or uses that you can see on the bottom of this table. Our projected ending fund balance for fiscal year 22-23 is about 1.8 million. But going forward, should we continue to fund homeless services at the current rate without a reliable or a sustainable funding source, we will fall short by the amounts you see listed at the very bottom of this table. So also included in this forecast is the balance of what was set aside at mid-year to close the 22-23 projected budget gap, which is now reflected in fiscal year 23-24. It's the $10 million figure you can see under uh, one-time sources. We've also included an alternative forecast, which is basically the same exact forecast you saw on the last slide. However, it shows a slightly better scenario in that we've included the expectation that the city will receive the HAP4 funds we have not received our official award letter yet, so we've included the same figure, that $13.847 million in fiscal year 23-24, making our second year of the forecast better, although we still have some pretty significant gaps going forward. So in the Community Center Fund, we are expecting TOT collections to reach about 89% of fiscal year 18-19, our last solid fiscal year unaffected by the pandemic. That year, we collected about 29 million in TOT. The one-time funds approved at mid-year are expected to stabilize the fund. And at this point in time, we believe that our debt service obligations will be met over the next four years. So that's good news. In the parking fund, however, if this is where we're seeing the most uncertainty with revenues projected to reach only 69% of the fiscal eight year 1819 collections. So at this point in time, we're not expecting this fund to recover or reach pre-pandemic levels over the next four years. So should revenues fail to recover, and as I mentioned earlier, this could result in additional general fund contributions or a reduction in operational costs. So aside from the challenges we're seeing in the two enterprise funds, we're still, we still have those regular challenges we faced even prior to the pandemic. So those being rising pension costs resulting from the lowering of the discount rate and changes in amortization methods and actuarial assumptions from CalPERS, that increase is expected to cost about $15.6 over the four years and is included in our forecast. And as I mentioned earlier, general liability is expected to increase by 44% over the years of the forecast resulting from the city's loss history. That equates to about 16.7 million over the next four years as included in the forecast. 
I do want to emphasize that the figures we use to develop our forecast do not include any expectation of a possible recession. So even outside of Twitter, we're hearing a lot about an imminent recession. And just a few days ago, the Fed raised interest rates by a half of a percent. So that's the biggest hike in two decades. And as shown in the forecast, until additional sources are identified, we lack necessary ongoing funding to sustain the level of homeless service that we're currently providing. And finally, we have not included any assumptions related to future labor MOU costs. So with that, we're requesting that the committee pass a motion forwarding to city council for consideration the fiscal year 22-23 proposed budget. The expectation is that following budget hearings on the 10th and the 17th, that will come back to budget and audit committee with a budget recommendation to council with final adoption on June 14th, 2022. So that concludes my presentation today and either myself or staff would be happy to take any questions. All right. Um, thank you very, very much again for a comprehensive um, uh, proposal and presentation. Uh, do we have public testimony, Madam Clerk, uh, early this morning? Yes, Mayor, I have 10 hands raised to make comments on this item. Good, let's hear from the public and then we'll turn it over to the committee. Um, our first speaker is Kent Lassen. Uh, thank you, can you hear me okay? We can. Okay, thank you. Well, good morning to all of you and thanks for giving me a chance to comment. Um, I would like you to increase your funding to address our climate crisis. I was reading in the Wall Street Journal today that uh, worldwide carbon emissions are now at 420 parts per million, which is an all-time high, and still going up from the established 350 parts per million safe limit. You know, for years I've heard and appreciated the mayor say that climate change is a serious problem and it's something we need to address. Other city council members have said the same thing. And although Sacramento has passed the electrification ordinance and is working on some complete street projects, we need to do much more. Aside from the obvious necessities like less gas burning and more infill projects, um, here are some other ideas. Uh, council member Chenier, um, you are known as a supporter of youth. Why not create youth programs that are environmentally oriented? like planting trees, as I understand Council Member Vang would like to do? Or how about planting drought-tolerant native Californian plants in public parks, which would be supportive habitat for our birds, bugs, and bees, and require less maintenance? Other cities are doing it. We, you know, with climate change, we don't have much time left. If you care about our children, and if you care about the livability of our wonderful Northern California region, you will actually commit a significant amount of your budget to do our part. We're clearly running out of time. I hate to be a doomsayer, but if you don't put your money where your mouth is now, no amount of money in the future is gonna be enough. Thanks. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Chris Brown. Good morning, uh, Mayor and Council Members of the Budget. Appreciate the presentation and the information that uh, staff member Jennifer Benoit provided me by email. Um, I really want to acknowledge, first of all, that you invested $4.4 million uh, last year in climate activities. 
Uh, you only have two staff, though, and um, some of that money is left over because you haven't been able to spend it all. <clears throat> but we need to invest money each year. A study by the Climate Center on a statewide basis shows that for the state to reach carbon zero, the investment needs to be between 12 and $20 billion a year for 10 years. <clears throat> I don't have the exact numbers for the city, but to compare that number to the cost of the Paradise Fire, that was $150 billion. And that we know what the air quality was like in 2018 when that city burned to the ground. We are gonna have more wildfires and more extreme heat days in front of us. We need to be budgeting every year to address the climate emergency. Your own internal audit in 2020 <clears throat> found that inadequate funding for sustainability projects is a barrier to prompt implementation. That was two years ago. It's in your own audit. Um, it also found that <clears throat> over half a million dollars was being wasted in expenses that caused greater greenhouse gas emissions by the city and also lost opportunities. Here are some of the ideas that the Sacramento Climate Coalition supports. Create a, a public bank where funding for climate programs can be generated. Adopt a green bond to generate new funds. Support uh, property assessed clean energy programs to support people who want to convert to energy efficient and clean energy appliances at home with SMUD. I look forward to continued conversation with this. Thank with you for you your all comments. About this. Our next speaker is Catherine Webb. Good morning, everyone. Climate change is impacting Sacramento now, and our emissions from building and cars add to the problem every day. Council has recognized the threat that climate change poses to the public health and our lives, but this budget doesn't seem to recognize it. In addition, the city cap has been delayed for over a year. We thank the city staff that have been working on the cap and recognize that they are limited by the amount of work there is to be done on the cap, electrification, transportation, and the many other projects they work on. We ask you that you make climate action a priority in the budget and fund more city staff to work on planning and implementation of climate measures. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Susan Hare. Uh, good morning, Mayor and Council Members. I'm Susan Harry, President of ECOS, Environmental Council of Sacramento. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. Uh, the climate crisis is urgent, as you know. And as ECOS has urged Sacramento County to take aggressive action, so do we now urge the city to take aggressive action to stem the effects of climate change. And today I'd like you to, I'd like to ask for you to provide adequate resources, in particular funding for consultants, for staff, and to implement changes to reduce greenhouse gas emissions within the city's own facilities and fleet. Thank you very much for your consideration. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Saba. Good morning, everyone. I'm Deb Banks, the Executive Director of Sacramento Area Bicycle Advocates. You know, the roadmap laid out by the Mayor's Commission on Climate Change two years ago has scarcely been implemented by the city's Climate Action Plan. 
and the action plan is behind schedule. The current budget proposal has little funding for climate action projects and staffing, and we know that we need more staff to bring about the policy changes and actions. By allocating more time to this work from existing staff and hiring new staff, Plus, the city needs to allocate and set aside that 75 to $85 million identified for a match that's needed to get funding for those seven big transportation ideas that we all believe will really help all of our citizens. We recognize the amount of work and difficulty there is in the budget process, and we appreciate that, and to know that we're just at the beginning because we'll continually show up to push for climate change and safe streets. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is A. Cagley. Good morning, it's Allison Cagley, and I'm the Executive Director of Friends of Sacramento Arts, and I'm speaking about the Office of Arts and Culture's budget. Our collective work on arts and the creative economy since the publication of the Mayor's Creative Edge Culture Plan addresses cultural equity and is investment in the long-term economic health of our city. Funding artists and arts organizations relates directly to the city revenue stream through cultural tourism. The arts bring people to the city whose patronage and investment results in revenue to the city. Therefore, a thriving arts and cultural community is a fiscally sound priority for the city and the revenue projections. The one-time ARP federal funds addresses short-term issues caused by the pandemic, but do not address long-term sustainability beyond the availability of these funds. Arts education is the number one goal of the Creative Edge Culture Plan and work of the city's Office of Arts and Culture, along with Friends of Sacramento Arts and the Sacramento County Office of Education is continuing to make strides in arts education equity and access for all, but in order to address both immediate needs and systemic change, a priority on funding this is critical. By eliminating critically need funds for the arts and the creative economy, we are ignoring the work of the culture plan and the city's commitment to the goals and allowing any progress made that could likely stop or reverse any strides made in the creative economy artists and arts organizations and arts education in our public schools. We urge you to renew your commitment and funding that you have made over the last several years and thank you for your work on the budget and the opportunity to speak today. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Annie Stauswall. Good morning, Mayor and committee members. The proposed budget makes it clear that the city hasn't yet established climate change as a priority. How can this be when the future of our city and the welfare of our children are at stake? The Mayor's Commission on Climate provided a roadmap two years ago, but the city still doesn't even have a draft climate action plan. Inadequate staff resources have also led to the inability to implement simple but important projects that were funded in last year's mid-year, such as tree planting. And it's tragic that we'll miss opportunities this year for federal matching funds because the city's not ready. There won't be any meaningful progress until the council acts to make climate a priority. At a minimum, you must provide sufficient staff resources to swiftly deliver and implement a climate action plan. There isn't any more time to delay. 
and there isn't any justification for delay. Please step up and exercise the creativity that the mayor mentioned at the outset this morning. We're counting on you. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Ilanka. Thank you, Mayor and Council. Um, thanks, staff, for the opportunity to respond. My name is Ilanka Zlatar, and I'm president of 350 Sacramento. We signed a climate emergency declaration, and yet we continue to act like there is no emergency. The climate action plan is delayed mostly because we don't have enough staff to complete the plan or implement it. So we are in dire need to prioritize uh, both the completion of the climate action plan, which shouldn't take too long considering that we went through a process of over a year with the mayor's climate commission that came up with some brilliant recommendations. Uh, we cannot drag our feet on this. The time, the time is running out, the clock is ticking. We do not have the luxury of waiting around to take these actions. We, we have so many children in our community who are struggling with anxiety and depression due to the, cri the climate crisis. They see that their future is at jeopardy. They don't know what the world is gonna look like. If we care about our community, if we care about our children, if we care about the millions of people in our area that are breathing unhealthy air every day, people who are struggling to make ends meet, people who are struggling to get transportation so they can go to their jobs. The investments that we're talking about are, are the gateway for a better life, for a better future. So we really need to have money in this budget to reflect our values. If we say we care about climate action, then we have to pay for it. And we have to be poised to match funds that are coming down the pipe from the federal government to make these projects happen. And if we miss out on that, that would just be such a great shame, loss opportunity that we will never be able to get back. So please do what you can, do more than what you can to make climate action true priority. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Moise Meir. Hi, good morning, budget and audit committee. Um, at the opening of this meeting, I appreciate uh, the city manager's kind of preface, um, and he mentioned concerns about significant financial hurdles in the years to come. Uh, and uh, reflecting on all these comments, I can I can imagine some significant financial hurdles, uh, as I believe Chris Brown recently mentioned. You know, the hurdles of climate disaster of wildfires, um, truly insurmountable when we think about how what what they'll snowball to become if we let them to fester. Um, and in those opening remarks, you also mentioned that we have some room for discussion. So I'm hopeful uh, that this, this body um, takes that rigorous discussion about the city's budget. Um, you know, the Secretary General of the United Nations recently called for the need for climate investment projects to begin specifically this year if we want to have any hope of reducing emissions in the way that we need. I also remember hearing a while back from the mayor the balance between reactive and preventative measures uh, and the reflection that aptly said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, and so as we're talking about the city's budget, you know, climate action is a preventive investment, not just to meet emission goals, but an investment that will improve the lives of our community members and also decrease our risk of financial hurdles. Um, and so I just ask yeah, that this body kind of think long-term about really, you know, if we want to be safe, 
if you want to, you know, avoid those financial hurdles that used to come uh, that we think of climate and investing in our lives today and our lives in the futures to come. Thanks. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is a phone number, last 44366. Mr. Davis? Yes, I, I would like to comment on the fiscal year budget 22-23. Uh, first of all, I, I'm seeing some true leadership, Mayor, by some of the questions you asked. It shouldn't be an argument if you're pulling in the same direction. When there's hidden agendas, that's when you see what you see down there. Now, I'm going to say something that I don't believe city employees that work from home, they shouldn't receive a raise. People like Minty and that other lady that's in the chamber, every time I watch meetings, they're in the chamber. And I've been noticing lately that even the Sacramento County Board of Supervisors has returned back to the chamber, and so is El Grove. And so my question is, when is the city uh, council meetings going to return so that you can explain things clearly? And, and I'm not just saying this to say it. Um, monies have not gone to Del Paso Heights like they should around the city. The Sacramento City, excuse me, Sacramento Grand High School's basketball team won the championship. It should have been some money put into that, acknowledging that. The Sacramento uh, Grand High School drumline, known all over Sacramento, all over the country, is having difficulties raising $60,000 to go to Washington, D.C. to represent the entire city. So there's some improvements need to be made in this, especially in the city manager's office. There should be more focus on Del Paso Heights, not just District 2, which is the most gerrymandered district you'll ever study, especially in California. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. And our final speaker on this item is Kendrick. Greetings, uh, Budget Audit Committee. I want to echo the comments before me about the need to really prioritize uh, climate change uh, in this budget, uh, given that budgets are a reflection of our values and priorities as a community, not just uh, within the city government, but uh, the community of over 500,000 people in Sacramento. And the fact that it's not list, like, listed here as serious spending when we all know, and it, the city has declared itself uh, in a climate emergency, uh, really speaks to the lack of priorities within this. And uh, from what I understand from the recent Measure U committee meeting was that basically the city uh, city staff aren't really, they don't really have a list of priorities from this count, uh, from the city council around where it wants its, uh, where it wants city money to be allocated. It's really just a reflection of their, their assumptions on where the money, like on where city council is going to want it spending based on on previous year's expenditures. And so I really want us to double down and actually spend money on the climate. But I also want to point out something too that I know this is particularly disturbing. Uh, last year, uh, May 25th, 2021, uh, uh, Sacramento police presented a proposed fiscal year 2021-22 budget at $165 million, or a $9 million increase from 2020 or from 2020. In 2021. Despite hundreds of people who demanded a reduction in that budget, uh, the city council approved it at that level, $165 million. And yet, 
when I look at the Sacramento Police Department budget as um, uh, amended for, or as approved for 2021, it's listed at $211 million or a $54 million increase. And now this year, there's an increase on, uh, they're asking for an increase of $14 million. I'd like to know what changed in between 20, May 25th, 2021. Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Will you make your final comment, please? Yes, I would like a direct answer to that uh, from either the city manager's office or the city council. Thank you for your comments. Mary, I have no more speakers. All right. Um, thank you very much, Madam Clerk. And thank you to uh, all the members of the public uh, that called in. Obviously, um, the, the advocacy community around climate uh, is organized, and that's a good, uh, a very, very good thing. And I want to speak to climate and make some suggestions in a moment, but I want to start out uh, was sort of the big picture here, because I think it's uh, easy to look at one budget at one, uh, at one static point in time and say, oh, well, geez, the city is not doing more on X, Y, and Z. And the truth is actually very different. And I don't say this in any kind of a defensive way. It's actually a source of pride because you can't measure progress at one point in time, you have to look at the arc. You have to look at the arc of three to four to five years to see really what direction is this city moving in. And before I get to that, I'm going to get to that in a moment. I also want to say that, you know, the budget does show some red ink, no question about it in the out years, but I choose to look at the glasses more than half full. A balanced budget with a little bit of a surplus this year um, a, we are going to get that half for money. I, I guarantee it. And we're going to get money for years five and six. Um, and so the deficit in 23, 24 is less than $5 million. Um, not bad for, uh, coming out of the worst pandemic, high inflation, high interest rates, all of the uncertainty in the community, the fact that the city has maintained a balanced budget without having to make cutbacks in core services is frankly quite miraculous. And, you know, not looking for pats on the back or credit here. It's just a fact, you know, and that budget stability is important. We have not had to cut anything in the midst of all of this. But if that were the end of the story, that would be okay, pretty good. But as we, as we talk about and sometimes argue about, frankly, certainly between you know, the mayor and council and sometimes uh, the city staff, um, about what is a core city priority? Should a city be about basic services or does a modern city and a growing city like Sacramento require us to not redefine, but add to the priorities that um, we consider essential. And I believe that core services are foundational, that if you don't do that right, you can't do the other things. But this city, um, this growing city and the people of the city, as we heard today, are rightfully demanding more that we redefine and uh, what we consider to be core priorities. So what has the city done? You know, Measure U, the second half of Measure U passed in 
November of 2018. It is now 65 plus million dollars a year. And no matter, I'll say this every time, um, and I know people will get tired of it, but that's okay. Um, no matter what side of the philosophical divide one is on about what should be the role of, of city government and a modern city like Sacramento, even if you're a traditionalist and believe that the city should primarily or even only be doing core services, without that $65 million a year, that red ink that um, Ms. Combs showed for 23, 24, and 24, 25 would be off the chart, and we would be in huge fiscal trouble. So thank God to the voters for passing the second half of Measure U in 2018. This is what I'm most proud of, in addition to fiscal stability, that between the city's general fund and Measure U, since the passage of Measure U in November of 2018, the city has spent $119.5 million on areas that have not traditionally been core to the city budget. $119.5 million. That's youth. That's housing and homelessness. That's investing in uh, our forgotten commercial core, too often forgotten commercial corridors. That's investing in small business. That's investing in the creative economy. That's investing in climate, not enough, but that's investing in climate as well. When you add the investment uh, that we have made through the CARES Act and through the American Rescue Plan, by the way, all that money could have been spent to shore up or even increase core city services, that would have been legally allowable with some creative accounting. We chose not to do that. Instead, we spent it externally in these same categories. We spent $171 million directly in the community, and most of it in disadvantaged communities. Add up the 119.5 and the $171 million, that's a $290 million investment in our communities. And man, that is changing the arc of the city. Because I don't think we're ever going back. It's always a struggle, especially when we have flat budgets. But we can have it all in this city, even if it, it takes time. We can invest in core public safety services as we must. And at the same time, we can have an outward looking strategy backed up by real dollars. On homelessness, I just think it's important to say this because the problem is worse, we all know it. In 2016, Sacramento had a hundred shelter beds. We now are funding ourselves 1100 shelter beds a day, including our motels. Doesn't get talked about enough. So where are we with this budget? The truth of the matter is that we don't have new resources to be able to dramatically expedite that arc that I just described a moment ago. We have a flat budget. And yes, some potential reading in, uh, in the out years. So what can we do that is creative? I know that the city manager, for example, has uh, 
propose some increases in the fire budget, which I'm going to support. I think our fire service needs some significant, um, some, some significant investment. And I know that um, there are some ideas about how to uh, spend that money, which I look forward to discussing with uh, the fire chief, with uh, Local 522, and uh, with the city manager and our members. So that's fine. On climate, I'm listening to the advocates, and I think they're making a very good point. If we do not have the 75 to $80 million now to provide the local match for the seven big projects, which we don't, but we will, because we're going to try to perfect that EIFD strategy and try to find significant local resources to invest in climate, to invest in infrastructure, to invest in affordable housing. Economic, clean, green economic development should, should lead to more clean, uh, clean infrastructure and clean economic development. But in the meantime, I would like to use this budget to work with the city manager to increase the amount of staff members that we have devoted to the climate crisis. We've got the wonderful Jennifer Venema. And, and, yet, and yet there are two people in the, in the climate team. There are a couple of vacancies in, in, in the area of sustainability. What's it going to take to fill them? Are there vacancies in other parts of the city organization that we can transfer over to Jennifer and to um, be able to put forward a roadmap that does several things? One, can we expedite our climate action plan? It is significantly late. And it's late because we don't have the staffing infrastructure to be able to get it done more timely. The four million dollars that we put into uh, that we put into climate last mid-year, some of it has carried over, like the the like like the tree planting, uh, like the tree planting decision that we made because we don't have sufficient staff to be able to implement it. And so I would like. Uh, uh, to request that the manager and the team come back to us with some options for how we can increase our staff capacity around climate. Even on the seven big projects, to be able to get several steps ahead to scope and design the projects so that when we are able to attain the local match, whether it's through uh, an EIFD strategy or some other strategy, that we are ready to go and we don't have to wait until the scoping and the design is complete. So that's one request. On the youth and violence prevention piece, which I know Councilmember Jennings and Sherbang and others will want to talk about. The question that I know we will be discussing internally next week, I just want to put it out publicly, is whether or not any of the $5 million that the council approved mid-year for youth should be purposed and or repurposed for summertime, whether it's Friday night lights or any of the successful programs that we have done in past summers to increase opportunity for young people and to reduce violence, we ought to be considering. And I look forward to that discussion as part of the budget process. Third, I wanna make sure that we don't lose this budget cycle without 
finalizing what we intend to do around staffing the police commission. This is an endless discussion about ops's responsibility. And we all know based on the audit that we've got to fix this. I've proposed, and I wanna again, see if this can be part of the budget to find a single vacancy and assign that vacancy to the police commission so that they have their own independent staffing and we can smooth out all the problems that we have had uh, around um, how to make sure that we have a commission that um, has the support that it needs to be able to do its job. I may have a few other things um, as the discussion proceeds, but um, I wanted to put out those three things, but really, again, to acknowledge and commend the city, the city staff, the manager, my colleagues, um, for grappling with the fact that the people are demanding more of us. And you know, it's not all on us. There's a county um, that has a significantly larger budget than we have. There's obviously the state of California on climate and all these other issues. It's not just a city responsibility, but we need to continue to lead. And I think um, the climate criticism I take in, and, and I'm gonna continue to push that we do better. But when you look at the arc of what this city is now about, and where we are putting our dollars, oh my, let me just repeat as I conclude, $290 million since November of 2018 gone into the categories of investment that people are rightfully demanding. Let's continue that arc, but let's do it in a way that is fiscally responsible. Thank you. Who's next? Council Member Jennings. Oh, thank you, Mayor. Um... I couldn't agree with your comments more um, as it relates to uh, some of the success that we've had. And um, I'm, I'm, when you talk about the shelter beds, uh, the increase in shelter beds, when you talk about the uh, $290 million um, that have gone to non-core city priorities, uh, those are things that we can all be very proud of. And I think what it does is it, it does give um, people the desire to want more from their city. And I think that's what we heard on the call today. We heard people saying, you know, we need to invest more in climate change. We need to invest more in arts and culture. Uh, we need to invest more and more and more. And even I hear myself saying the same thing um, as it relates to our youth and also um, the Office of uh, Violence Prevention. <clears throat> so we do need to take a look at that $5 million and talk about you know, either purposing or repurposing it. We need to take a look at that, but we also need to take a look at the Office of Violence Prevention staff and what we're asking them to do and how much we're asking them to do with the staff that they have right now and the current state of violence that we have in Sacramento. And I'm not saying, I'm not throwing up a red flag to make anybody overly concerned, but I think we have enough concern that says there are more resources need to be put into that office in order for us to deal with the issues that we're seeing in Sacramento. And, and, and that's just one that I feel personally responsible for because I've been working in that office and I've seen how they have worked with a limited staff for, for years. Um, and I think we need to invest more in not only staffing, but also 
in additional programming, especially uh, our youth programming. And after youth, that population of young adults and older adults that are out there, not working, not in school and creating havoc. So I think we need to go beyond just youth. We have to go to uh, young, younger people as well, young people, older people who are out there. Um, I'm very hopeful that the conversation that we're having now can be uh, a conversation that the entire council has in order to understand where they feel increases and priorities need to be made as well. And, uh, and I'm, I'm confident that that's a part of our process. And so I'm looking for affirmation from you that it is a part of the process that was put up for us with the dates uh, that will take us through June for final budget approval. But having the time as a council to really talk about um, what each of our priorities are so that we can get on the same page as a council. Um, this budget looks good for 22-23 and it starts getting concerning after that, which means we won't have any cuts, it looks like this year, but that conversation may come up in future years. And, and so we need to really come together as a council to understand what our priorities are and see if we can then hold um, the city manager and all the departments accountable for the priorities that we all agree on. And so I'm hoping that that robust debate about priorities can be had at our meetings and that will be an opportunity for us to not have it just one meeting, but have it on multiple meetings to be really be able to discuss and see if we can all agree on how we, how we go moving forward. So, um, there's a lot of things in this budget that do concern me. Um, as much money as we are spending on homelessness, and I know that's a priority. Um, I'm just wondering, can we continue to sustain it? And I'll stop there because I think it needs to be a conversation that we all have as a council, because my biggest concern when I look at this is our ability to sustain the dollars that we're spending in social services uh, for our homeless population uh, and whether or not that's something that we can continue to do uh, without having to cut from other places. So I'm all about increasing funding for art, climate, homeless, youth, inclusive economic development, violence prevention, affordable. I'm, I'm all in whatever, whatever our priorities end up being, the top priorities for a city that's growing. I'm all in favor of that um, as long as we are doing that together. And so I'm looking forward to the next opportunity for us to come together. And I just wanna stop for a second and thank the budget staff for the work that they've done in putting together this budget. I agree with you, it takes a lot in order to come forward with a five-year projection. Um, and you can see the work that they've put into that. And I just wanna thank them personally uh, for the work that they've done. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Councilmember Jennings, very, very much. Let me turn it over to Mayor Pro Tem Guetta. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I uh, also, I think the, the point of a budget is, is to look at our past history and where, we're, where we've done well, where we've, uh, where we've had gaps. Uh, and then also it gives us an opportunity to do the, uh, uh, the SWOT analysis that we do in planning 
to look at what our out our futures are, and uh, and I'd agree that uh, that you know what we've been able to accomplish even during the pandemic has been significant. And, you know, when you look at the projections, particularly on the revenue side, pre-pandemic and where we are today, um, you know we're we are we're in a in a uh, in a hopeful spot, uh, and uh, and I see where the opportunities continue to be. I I want to make sure that when we look at our uh, our future here, that we're looking at opportunities where we can continue to uh, grow our revenue and address some of the critical issues. Um, that are facing our community, and I'll bring up Aggie Square for one here. I think during the during the pandemic, we were able to allocate not only money for Aggie Square for the one-stop job center to be able to uh, get going and start uh, looking at creating a system to uh, help train and recruit uh, workers in our own area, families in our own area, as uh, as the the center opens up in 2024. Um, and the $18 million that we used from the ARPA funding for commercial corridors, all of those pieces combined helped, uh, I do believe, the economic revitalization of our, of our commercial corridors in many of our areas in the city. Um, and so I, I want us to make sure that we're starting to look at, okay, well, if we're going to put funding and where we're allocating our priorities, how are we building on, on top of that? Uh, obviously, you know, the, you know uh, I was at the uh, Boy Scouts um, uh, dinner last night was no longer Boy Scouts. Now it's the Scouts dinner. It was great to to, to see the the diversity in the Scouts now there uh, dinner last night. And one of the comments that was made uh, was, you know, that we need to pay and invest in our youth because we we are going to pay one way or another. We can either pay in the development or we can pay in the unfortunate outcome that we've seen in in many situations. But either way, uh, uh, you know, we will pay. And so. Uh, to do that, we have to make sure that we're we're also growing our city's revenue to make sure that we have the resources to do that. And matching that with climate change, I'll also bring up that if we're going to add staffing, um, you know, I think it has to be uh, we have to do it where we're going to meet co uh, meet multiple goals. Uh, and I'll bring up one of the one of the points in the climate action plan was to make sure that we had an economic development component um, to our climate uh, goals. Uh, we had a great unveiling of the first uh, the first uh, prototype and not even prototype the first uh, purchase of uh, electric mid-sized duty vehicles being uh, constructed and assembled here in Sacramento through the California Mobility Center to address our, our climate goals. Siemens has made a significant investment already in manufacturing in the area. Uh, we know that there's a shortage of manufacturing workers. We know that we have many families who are looking for jobs that pay well above the minimum wage, yet we still have a skills gap. Um, and, uh, and there's an interest in, in taking advantage of that. I, I do think that as we look through our budget, and this is more of a direction to the city manager and also my colleagues on the council, is that uh, we should be looking at those co-equal co goals of how do we, uh, one, look at investing in both climate and economy. Uh, if we're going to add staff, how, how is the staff focused on making sure that we're building out these sectors here that, uh, that allow the city of Sacramento to be an exporter of goods? Uh, and between the, uh, between the health sector, the life sciences sector, uh, between the manufacturing sector, particularly focusing on, on the green economy, such as the, 
the, uh, the, the current project that's happening in the Port of Sacramento that's actually led by our air district here to do a, a fuel cell locomotive. Uh, those are, those are I think, those are opportunities for us as a city to lean in and be able to be an exporter of goods that will help us increase our revenues um, as we move forward. So I'd like to make sure, Mr. Mayor, that um, when we sit down, Mr. City Manager, that we're looking at these, these positions that are going to help us uh, build upon those revenues. I'm excited about the, uh, the, the work that we've done uh, in our commercial revitalization in Aggie Score because it goes into equity. It goes into making sure that we're helping um, and avoiding also the uh, concerns about displacement um, as well. Uh, and uh, I do have a couple questions here, you know, on the HAP4 funds. What, what is a, what was our, what's our projection or what we're thinking on, on HAP4? Um, you know, maybe that's for staff to answer here. Good morning, Council Member Garlaney Milstein, Assistant City Manager. Um, as you'll see in the budget book, we're, it, the expectation is the same amount that we're getting uh, in the current year, that 13 million and a little bit of change um, based on prior allocations. Thank you. Uh, and so, uh, and, and that right now, it, uh, when, when I was reading through the budget document, is the 13 million, are we assuming um, th that's not calculated in our general fund impact to our other services. We're just assuming that we may get that money. Is that is that correct, or how did you how did you assess that in our? In our so our the twenty two twenty three uh, forecast and budget balancing includes HAP three, and then okay. we presented a second version of the forecast okay. that had HAP four rolling through. So you'll see both of those in there, but. Um, given the way we're required to do our budgeting and accounting, we can't count that until it's real and until the state allocates that to us, we aren't including that in our forecast. Okay, very good. So, I mean, uh, so, you know, yes, as uh, I think that, that as, as tight as the budget is, uh, and given the fact that I think the recent number that the state identified is a 63, $68 billion um, surplus, uh, one, Mr. City Manager, for our advocacy team, I, I know the mayor has been public about it. I think that's a, a, a significant uh, point where we should be strong. I thought, uh, I, I, I feel I, I saw that the Senate's budget proposal included more funding for um, uh, for HAP, but not the Assembly. It'd be good to have our our, uh, our city team make sure that, that we're advocating on both sides to that that way our city is positioned to be able to capture that, that money. That will give us some flexibility here. Um, the other question I had, you know, uh, for the city manager here, uh, you know, I saw that on our, on our uh, liabilities for general purpose and auto, it's been slightly increasing. What, what, we had this discussion a year ago, uh, and it seems to be that the biggest chunk is in the general liability and some in the auto. What are, have we been doing to try to manage that or, Look with our insurers, or 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 what kind of risk management efforts have we undertaken to uh, to try to control that growing cost? Well, so I'm going to have uh, Laney uh, speak to that, but in general, it's our premiums go up as a result of uh, the experience we have in the prior years, and we've had some pretty major claims that have paid out that drive the premiums. Uh, in terms of trying to uh, contain those costs, I can't remember the last time we've gone out to bid. Uh, Laney, can you? Chime in here for a sec on, on the risk fund, please. I don't know how often we go out. Actually, is... we 
happy to, um, city manager. We have a, a consultant that comes on annually to help us place our insurance every year. We try and do and get the very best rates that we can for that. Um, what the city manager mentioned is in our, one of our largest costs is that excess insurance. We're self-insured up to 2 million beyond the 2 million. That's where we require insurance and our experience has been such that our rates are um, continuing to increase. Uh, we do uh, have many training uh, efforts in place around mitigation of that. You know, we have our um, EVOC where folks can go and take classes on driving to reduce um, auto accidents and insurance rates related to that, reduction in take-home vehicles. Um, we have put in all, all of those measures and continue to um, enhance and expand our training, but we can't, are already behind because of the current experience and exposure that's driving those rates. We can do better in the future to hopefully um, avoid future increases or additional increases that uh, beyond what we're already forecasting. Thank you, Lainey. I, and I, I think that was where I was getting at is trying to figure out, okay, are, are we, what are we doing? And I think Evox is a great example. I, I got a chance to go out there pre-pandemic to look at the training that's being done, not just for police and fire, but for all the departments that, uh, that have resulted in some of the large claims for us on the city side. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, lastly, I, you know, there are some I, expenses like the 1.4 million for the diversity and outreach recruitment for our fire department and making sure that our departments are reflecting our city. Again, the, that the more we can recruit from within our own city, these are well, good paying jobs, particularly I'd like to make sure that there's a focused and targeting effort in some of our disadvantaged communities. These are, these are careers that within a couple of years, um, you can be in, uh, 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 in a great job with the city as well and change your, your family's trajectory. Uh, with that, Mr. Mayor, I'll just go back again and close and say that, you know, um, that I, I, we do, I'd like to see, make sure that we're focusing um, uh, on opportunities that are going to help us grow revenue for the city that, that blends with the goals that we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to address some of the issues of underemployment, wage equity, investments in our community, uh, you know, focusing on, on, uh, on areas um, that have been, they've proven already that are strong sectors for us, like the life sciences sector uh, is going to be critical. Looking at manufacturing again, um, and in the context of um, you know of uh, resiliency and addressing our climate goals, um, supporting the Charles A. Jones Manufacturing Adult School Program, those kind of goals that are that are helping communities in the South area, uh, they they have multiple benefits. So um, I'll just uh, I'll end there, and I'll I'll just say that I know that in in the uh, upcoming hearings. We're going to be talking about different uh, needs in the departments. One thing I would like to discuss is the, the the impact of what the cost of vacancies are that are leading to the overtime costs for us and how we can manage those uh, as well. And I'll leave those questions for when we get to the different departments. But overall, I think, Mr. Mayor, the point is, is the city in a, uh, in a, in a positive trajectory here when it comes to uh, you know, how we're planning for the future? and how we can have a strong economy here in, in the area to also be able to fund all of the different needs that we need to address here in our city. With, with that, thanks, Mr. Mayor. And I, I wanna thank the, 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 uh, all of our city team too, because I, the presentation of this budget for those that actually went into the staff report and, and are looking at it and seeing it, I, I do wanna thank, uh, you know, I'd, I had asked that we break down by sector and 
where are we seeing improvements and where we're seeing uh, so we can better see where our revenues are coming from in our city. I think the breakdown of that helps us better understand what sectors in our, in our, in our city we should be looking at so that we can uh, get ahead of any recession that may come. And the more we, we, we protect ourselves from the recession, I think the better we'll be off. Uh, Mr. S Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Mr. City Manager. Yes, I, I, I appreciate all the comments uh, from, from you, Mayor, and uh, uh, committee members here. Uh, it's, uh, it's a nice reminder that you know we've come through and we've been through a lot over the last couple of years, and we have absolutely fared better than some uh, other cities uh, in California and otherwise. Uh, and, you know, I also heard loud and clear about the, uh, the desire to look at uh, strategies to address uh, climate change uh, and the recommendations specifically from the last council meeting. But when we kick off our budget hearings on Tuesday with the full council, I will be bringing forward a couple strategies uh, on how we could uh, begin to pull together resources that can uh, reprioritize climate uh, as, the, as a priority or maybe even the priority. Uh, and I'd just love to have that conversation uh, to uh, Councilmember Jennings' point. You know, if, if we can focus on a couple, two or three things here, uh, we can we can get there. We can absolutely get there. We just uh, we just need to have a little more focus so that uh, we're um, we're going to achieve the goals that the, the mayor and council want. So with that, I'll turn it back over to you, Mayor. Thank you. Thank you so much, City Manager. So. Uh... Do we need a motion here, or is this an informational item? Oh, no, just, just to forward to the full council for consideration. Okay, I mean, with uh, including the comments and the requests back that we talked about here today, right? Which you're going to do anyways. Uh, right. I think what we're going to end up doing is having a, a list of the comments that come from here, and then simultaneously uh, kicking off the meeting with some strategies. Okay. Uh, very good. Let's 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 take that motion then. Uh, Councilman Jennings, will you move that, please? I will move it. Yes. Okay, Mayor Pro Tem, you'll second it. I'll second. Thank you. Let's call the roll, please. Councilmember Gatta. Aye. Councilmember Jennings. Aye. Councilmember Vang is absent. Mayor Steinberg. Yes. All right. Three to nothing. Uh, let's uh, just the beginning, uh, as uh, we, I said earlier. Let's move to the next item, which is the citywide fee schedule update. Uh, good morning, Mayor Steinberg and committee members. My name is Jason Bader with the Finance Department. The item before you is the annual citywide fee schedule update. The citywide fees and charges policy sets the guidelines to determine cost recovery levels and establishes a process to add, modify, and delete fees and charges. All fees included in the report qualify as exceptions to Proposition 26, which prohibits the city from increasing taxes by defining them as fees. This year, staff is recommending adding 32 new fees modifying 309 fees and deleting four fees for a total of 345 changes affecting seven departments. This will result in approximately $269,000 of new revenue for the general fund and $176,000 of revenue for other funds. The associated revenue adjustments are necessary to provide appropriate cost recovery related to city programs and services, and these increases are included as part of the FY22-23 proposed budget. A couple of the highlights from the report the fire prevention program fee increases are offsetting the cost of the senior staff assistant in the fire prevention division as part of the proposed budget. And the youth parks and community enrichment department is proposing fee changes and additions to create additional fee structure for the North Potomac Community Center and Aquatics Complex. 
If you have specific questions about items included in the report, we have staff available from all seven departments here today. Staff is recommending that the committee pass a motion and forward the citywide fee schedule updates to city council for the May 17th public hearing. Thank you. Okay, are there, uh, is there public testimony on the item here? I have no hands raised to make comment on this item. All right, are there questions from the members? We passed this. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll make a motion here um, to uh, approve the item and also ask staff to, um, uh, to come back also with uh, information about uh, fees for community centers. I know in the past we've had concerns now as we're moving, opening up again, um, where some of our seniors wanted to use the use it for meeting spaces and the, the cost issue. And I know we've got our fees and fines pro program moving forward, but I'd like to make sure that uh, we have an equitable access to our, our community centers when it comes to the fees as well. So I'll move it with that, that direction to get that information, Mr. Okay. Mayor, seeing that this is a, uh something we do on an annual basis as far as updating the citywide fee schedule. I will second that motion. Okay, um, very good. Call the roll, please. Council Member Guerra. Council Member Jennings. Yes. Council Member Vang is absent. Mayor Steinberg. Uh, yes. Okay, three to nothing. Let's move to item three, which is the measure U a community advisory recommendations regarding fiscal year 2022-2023 priorities. Who's presenting on behalf of the Measure U Committee? I see Mr. Rogani here. Are you starting us here? Hi, Ash. I am actually just introducing Dr. Flo John Kofer, Chair of the Measure U Community Advisory Committee, to present these recommendations. Okay, Dr. Kofer, welcome. Thank you. I was just promoted to panelist, so I'm ready to go. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead. Okay, so good morning to the members of the Budget and Audit Committee. My name is Flo Jean Kofer, and I am the chair of the Measure U Community Advisory Committee. And I have the pleasure of representing our committee this morning um, on in presenting our recommendations to council. I wanna start by um, just acknowledging the members of our committee. We know that we stand on the shoulders of, the, of our past members, um, as well as our current members. And we have several who have been recently appointed and it has really been a pleasure and a delight to be able to work with this entire committee to develop the recommendations that we have for you. Today, we are going to mostly be focusing on priorities because we thought that was really important for this conversation at this stage of the budget development. And then we will be coming back before you um, in just a couple of weeks to be able to talk more concretely about some of our dollar amounts. We do, however, have a few dollar amounts that we've already identified that we wanted to lift up at this time. So for our recommendations framework, we wanted to start by talking about metrics and priorities because um, I, it was actually really great to be able to be on this morning and be able to hear the conversation that um, predated this. One of the, the challenges that's been brought up by the Measure U Committee is the need for council priorities. And actually in the ordinance that was passed to establish our committee, we are told to be responsive to council priorities, but it's really difficult to identify exactly what those are. And during the meeting where the city manager's office presented uh, 
the budget to us on Monday, one of the challenges in identifying priorities for the year is that the previous year budget was being used. And so we are really interested in making sure that we have an opportunity to hear about the priorities in advance so that then we can um, do our duty in helping to um, both refine and develop those priorities as well as to find ways to be able to actually implement those priorities and make recommendations accordingly. So that would be really helpful for us and I think many of the boards and commissions and committees that exist within the city. Additionally, we also wanted to lift up that we were, we were, you know, quite frankly disappointed to learn that the city's plans that were published in last year's budget on pages 41 to 43 um, to provide some performance measures are on hold because of some technical issues. We certainly understand that that happens, but we wanted to reiterate the importance of systematically tracking performance measures that describe the outcomes, specifically how well programs are functioning and their human impact, and not just inputs and outputs of City operations often we're given how much staff cost and um, and and you know measures like that and we actually want to know what was the impact so that when we have the difficult decisions of deciding what to keep and what to cut we can do it based on the human impact and not just on you know how many staff um, are or what the what the financial impact is going to be but we we can actually also look at what the human impact is going to be. We also made a recommendation to conduct a neighborhood analysis of equity investments, especially since there is a racial and racial equity um, committee that has been formed by the, the mayor and council. And we think it would be helpful to have a spending database for the city so that we would have a better idea of investments by neighborhood, income, race, ethnicity, and language spoken to develop geographic and demographic specific spending plans for the future. Next, we wanted to lift up participatory budgeting as one of our priorities. This is something that our committee brought to the council and thankfully the council approved. And so we are um, in the middle of the pilot for the very first year of participatory budgeting. There's a million dollars going out to communities with $225,000 um, set aside for implementation costs. And we are currently in the idea collection phase, which will end on May 31st. And so we actually would like to recommend um, an additional $5.5 million be invested in this. One of the pieces of feedback we're already hearing from communities is that $500,000 each for two neighborhoods is just simply not enough money and that there are lots of really big ideas um, that they would like to be able to share that could really help to advance um, some of the priorities that we think the council has um, and also to be able to um, improve the relationships within um, the community and, and with the community and um, its you know elected bodies and its government. And so we are asking for five $5 million with the $500,000 being designed to go to implementation costs. We also want to lift up that while we are in the, the pilot phase, we do have an evaluation component, and that's something that we would like to see happen for a lot of the investments that the city makes. So again, going back to our metrics conversation, we have the ability to be able to see how many people were served, where were they, um, and what was the impact of those investments. And so that's something that we have underway. And while we're not able to share the outcomes of that, obviously, because the pilot is underway, we wanna just stress that we're coming um, in the spirit of our recommendations and honoring them by already having an evaluation component um, that we'll be able to actually use to be able to guide Future, uh, future iterations of participatory budgeting. 
Next, we wanted to lift up affordable housing. Um, and, one, and the recommendation for this is really that we want the funding to be spent on direct financial investments to drive state and federal match dollars for affordable housing and homelessness prevention. Um, this is incredibly important because we understand that this is one of the, the most important things um, that's happening in our community, especially one of the challenges that we um, need to face. We obviously heard a lot of conversation about this in the earlier, earlier discussion. And to this end, we're recommending contributing Measure U funds to the Affordable housing trust fund um, so that they are able to be allocated for the development of place-based neighborhood spending, um, which includes home repair and waived code enforcement fees for elderly and low-income homeowners, a first-time homebuyers program, homelessness prevention programs, and jobs enterprise efforts for historically underserved neighborhoods. Um, and in particular, several neighborhoods were lifted up, Glen Elder, Garden Land, Del Paso Heights, and Meadowview. Next on our, um, on our recommendations framework is homelessness. And so we wanted here to reiterate our recommendation from the mid-year letter that funding be spent to add to the $2.8 million in homeless um, housing initiatives uh, and to um, for the allocation to expand service provision beyond women and children under 14 to include older children, people of other genders, and veterans. Um, we also wanted to add to the allocation um, for respite centers to expand the availability of shelter for inclement weather and safe ground sites. And so we also we felt that um, you know our measure you fund should be directed to support these really important efforts. Next, we have senior services. And we certainly have a growing elderly population in Sacramento, especially because the generation named baby boomers are so named because of the number of people. And so they have now entered um, you know, the, their, their senior part of their lives. And so they have unique needs that the city should identify and support. And so we're recommending funding to be spent to expand the service hours, the geographic availability, and the language access um, to services such as the Heart Senior Center, the Triple R Program, the 50 Plus Wellness Program, Caring Neighborhoods Program, the Stanford Settlement, Tech Connections, and the Information and Assistance Program. Next on our, our priority list is youth, and we're really pleased that funds from Measure U have been invested in youth, both um, in the original budget as well as at some of the mid-year um, adjustments. And the committee recommends that the council continue to prioritize the investments in programs for and services for youth, especially those from historically underserved communities. Um, and we want to make sure that we are also um, providing support for um, the city and partnership with community-based organizations, and really to ensure youth well-being. And so some of the, the populations that we wanted to call out specifically are youth K to 12, youth under 26, um, and also, also culturally relevant services for native and Hmong youth, as well as youth from refugee families um, to support uh, a protected and earmarked city fund for children and youth, which I know there have been several conversations about and we wanted to lift that up as something that we support as well. We also, you know, in addition to um, our previous recommendation about uh, the performance metrics, we also wanted to um, make sure that within that spending database that we were recommended, recommending should be a list of organizations that have received funding from the Youth Development Grant Program and the zip codes for the youth served. So we um, can understand and assure that Measure Youth funds are being used to serve the communities with demonstrated need. And we can also then be, be able to use that to guide future recommendations to, fund, to fill in those funding gaps. 
Next on our list is community investment. And here we really wanna emphasize the important role of community centers. Um, and really thank you to um, Councilmember Guerra as well for lifting that up in previous comments. Um, they're serving a variety of neighborhoods and demographics, and we wanna encourage the council to consider increasing investments in their services and operations. And so again, here we're reiterating a previous recommendation um, to only include youth uh, in the youth line item, the investments that are specific to youth, we saw several um, that were listed under youth that actually are more um, that we support um, that we think are important parts of city infrastructure, but they're best categorized under community investments. And some of those examples would be aquatics um, and the Sacramento Zoo and other things like that that are not only directed at youth, although certainly youth and families um, enjoy those services. Next, we have violence prevention. And so we wanted to uh, make sure that we were thinking about community violence prevention programs by age as well as zip code. And again, making sure that there is adequate funding to be able to support those, especially given um, recent uptick in, in violence. Next on our list is high wage job promotion. And so in addition to the $2 million towards the housing trust fund that was outlined um, to provide some services for Aggie Square, we also wanted to make sure that there were investments in another neighborhood in need. Um, and so the committee was focusing on, you know, um, really wanting to bolster uh, that, that same model that included jobs enterprise. In, um, in another community. We also were interested in, um, in bolstering another existing program, Thousand Strong. Um, we're under the impression that participation is currently low and we've heard feedback that it's costly to employers. And so additional investments in this could really turn this into a meaningful and effective job training program for youth. Next, we have small business support. And this is, again, the second example um, where we, um, up front before the, the budget was released to us, made a concrete dollar amount recommendation to this body, um, specifically for facade improvement grants to allow businesses and property owners to fund um, funds to be able to fix vandalized windows and doors that have been destroyed after hours during a business burglary. Um, and so one of the suggestions that came up was to um, ensure access uh, is to the priority geographical areas that have had historic lack of public investment um, by being able to, um, to look across the city and look for places that don't maybe have PBIDs, such as Gardenland, Northgate, North Sac, Freeport, and Meadowview, so that they will have access to the, to the funding, because we know that's incredibly important for our small businesses and for the aesthetics of our communities. Next, we have arts and creative edge. And so we recommend that funds in this category be focused on youth and traditionally underserved communities. Um, access to the arts is definitely an, an equity issue. And so we just wanna make sure that the investments that are coming that we certainly support from the arts when it comes to measure you are going to those communities. And then the library, um, we know the, the extreme importance of our library services. And so we recommend adding funding to support additional staffing and operation expenses, expenses to expand hours of service to eight hours a day, um, at least six days a week. And we really want those operating hours to be responsive to the community needs and use. And then lastly, we have a recommendation for branding Measure You funded projects. Um, in the mid-year recommendations, uh, our committee uh, made recommendations that the city brand its Measure You investments in the city by developing a logo and then identifying sign placement and assessing printing and installation costs. And we're really pleased that the city adopted some of those recommendations to develop a logo and a communications plan that will be utilized by the departments. And we're really hoping that some dollars will be set aside to make sure that that is implemented. 
And so on behalf of the committee, I just want to thank you for consider considering our recommendations and for giving us this opportunity to serve our community in this most important endeavor. And at this time, I'd be happy to answer any questions you may have about our recommendations framework. Thank you very much, Dr. Coper, and thank you to the entire Measure U committee. Um, you know, as you're uh, describing all these priorities with, with a lot of thoughtfulness and depth, um, Again, it does confirm that our work together, um, you know, a lot of push and pull, and that's the way it should be, um, uh, is actually moving us again in, in uh, all the directions that you described. Um, you know, the, the, the question is always uh, not, not, you know, what have you done for me lately? And I said that in, pejoratively, but what are we going to do together going forward, right? And um, and so I take all your recommendations seriously. We just need the, the room, so to speak, the finance, the fiscal room, like we have had in mid-year, like we've had in previous years, to be able to continue uh, to make uh, these kinds of investments. And that's certainly my, my commitment. Um, you know, the one thing I do want to focus the staff on is the, is the issue of the performance metrics, the dashboard, which you described at the beginning of your presentation. Maybe we could get a report back at the full budget committee, at the full council hearing on what the status is of, of that uh, commitment, because that really is core uh, to everything that we do, uh, not only measure you, but also just as a city. Um, what are we getting for our dollars? Um, how are we moving the needles? Um, who's, who's benefiting, who, who's not, especially as we continue to develop this racial equity tool that um, we are all committed to. So I would like, uh, if we can, uh, get a report back on that. The, the other thing that I should have mentioned in the first um, discussion item is that when I described the $119.5 million of investment into the community for Measure U and the general fund, that was as of last budget year. Mm -hmm. Could the staff please come back and update that so that we have a continuing, uh, a continuing rundown of where those dollars are going. I know it helped the Measure U committee. It's, it certainly helps the city council and the community understand uh, the direction and the direction of the city. So, um, let me turn it over to Councilmember Geta for a moment, Mayor Pro Tem. Um, thanks, Mr. Mayor. If there, are there no comments from the public? Oh, do we have do we have public comments? I'm sorry. Mary, I have one hand raised to make comment on this item. Okay. Uh, phone number four three six six, Mr. David. Yes, I I would any time that I hear measure you, as a person who who attended several meetings when Mayor Steinberg was proposing both. Uh, times, I was convinced by those meetings to vote for that twice. And as a person who has a, a business that's state certified and federally certified and endorsed by the Better Business Bureau, we didn't receive one penny of that. We, I mean, it was so much resistance, it was as though I didn't attend the meetings. So I'm glad that I'm on record as supporting that because Without that vision, that leadership, then it, this city would be in, in, in more red as it's been stated. Now, one thing I want to send out to the mayor is I appreciate you and Dr. Colfer focusing in on per, 
performance metrics, that's how you uh, grade whether somebody did it, did the job or not. When I was in elementary school, if you got under 70%, you failed. 70% was a C. Some people are excited about 60%. That's a D or F. I don't know about the grading system in 2022, but that's the way it was, and that's why I'm focused on performance metrics. You, you're talking about a school that has two great accomplishments by teenagers, and some of that money should have been spent for that. The 2022 Grant High School basketball team won the city championship at Golden One. I haven't seen anything about that. And then the drum line, it was on the news that they're having difficulty raising $60,000, which is peanuts at City Hall, to get them to Washington, D.C., and they're nationally recognized, and they're teenagers. So diversity, equity, inclusive. Uh, Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Will you make your final comment, please? Yeah, give Minty a raise. Thank you, Mr. Davis. I have no more callers. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Mayor Pro Tem Guetta. Uh, thank you, Mr. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, first, I also wanted to, uh, again, thank uh, the Measuring Committee and Chair uh, Kofer, Dr. Kofer, for um, their uh, consistent work. I know they have given us some guidance in the mid-year budget, which I think was extremely helpful to help us focus some dollars into uh, housing and addressing some of the gap financing. Uh, one, I wanted to, again, uh, I think the uh, this idea of looking at uh, how do we uh, make uh, mutual goals, investing in our youth, and then also economic development, uh, such as the recommendation of, of expanding the uh, the thousand strong or, or uh, workforce training programs with Aggie Square is clear, uh, a targeted and clear way I think we could use that. So I like those recommendations. Um, Mr. Mayor, I... I don't think this is a receiving file, and so I don't, and I don't think this requires a motion since you and the city manager have authority over the agenda. And I know we're we're on we're Friday, and the agenda is on uh, for the the uh, city budget is on, on Tuesday of next week. So we may be in a, in a on a on a time issue. But what I'd like to suggest is at the very least for the uh, May seventeenth two p.m. meeting, uh, if we could have the Measure U committee also present this to the council in that conversation um, about their their suggestions and recommendations. I don't disagree with you. We have to w uh, look at uh, how do we continue to increase the pie so that we can look at investments in, in, in areas. But um, so let me uh, let me make that a request, Mr. City Manager uh, and uh, Mr. Mayor. I think you you all have the authority under the the uh, the, the charter and the operating rules to uh, schedule this for. Um, for a presentation in a, in a future year. I, I think that's fine. If it's fine with me. Yeah, yeah, I think we will get it uh, teed up. It's too, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Mayor Pro Tem, too late for Tuesday, but we'll get it teed up for one of the budget hearings as the departments are presenting. Yeah, absolutely. We might, we might have more ample time for discussion if we did the two o'clock versus the, the five o'clock. So I'd like to make sure that we do it where we have an opportunity to have a conversation. Uh, but uh, thank you again, Dr. Kofer, and uh, appreciate it. Appreciate the conversation. All right, Dr. Kofer, any? Uh... Oh, Councilman Jennings, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. Thank you, Mayor, um, and Councilmember Garrett and I are on the exact same page. Um, Dr. Kofer, I really appreciated your presentation. 
Um, I want to thank you also for the April 18th letter uh, that you sent to us um, stating the priorities for Measure U. Um, I thought it was very well put together um, and, and explained each area that you wanted to focus on. So I want to thank you and your committee and just acknowledge you for the great work that you're doing with us. And I also wanted to make sure that at one of our uh, hearings that we brought you in and, and or someone from the Measure U Committee in order to present this to the entire council. I wanted to make sure they heard exactly what we heard today and, and therefore we can focus on our priorities together as opposed to it being hard for the Measure U Committee to know the priorities of the council. Uh, I think these opportunities give us an opportunity to know exactly what our priorities are and uh, would encourage the committee to sit in on all of those hearings as well uh, so they can understand where we're going. Um, just excellent job in presentation today. Um, I too am waiting for uh, the participatory budgeting, uh, the 500,000 that you spent and looking forward to the report um, uh, on that. Um, I thought everything that you had in your report was reasonable and something that will help us to be a better city. So uh, I just wanna appreciate your partnership, appreciate you working with us and appreciate the committee. I just wanted to acknowledge you in front of your peers today. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And um, I appreciate all of the, the comments and feedback here. We certainly are wanting to um, be a really good partner. And that was part of the reason why we brought up the priorities piece uh, because one of the conversations that we've been having is around, you know, could we have maybe a conversation about priorities with um, in the, the later part of the year so that as the city staff, I mean, that really became um, a, a key point for us on Monday when we were having the conversation is, you know, often the budget is just being be, the initial budget, right? And we know the power of anchoring is built based on last year's budget. And so if there are things that we really want to spend on that may be different from that, it's helpful if staff know that in advance so that that way things can be retooled. And so we'd love to be a part of that conversation. It would also really help to guide us in our work just in terms of figuring out where we may want may want to work um, and even in being part of those conversations about what are the priorities and where are we going and so I appreciate the mayor's you know comments around you know are we a city that just does essential services or are we a city that does you know is moving into the future and doing something new and I think the the balance there is that maybe we just need to redefine what essential is um, and what that looks like. And so um, and so I think that's something that your Measure U committee would be really interested in being a part of that conversation um, and helping to shape that. And so that that way the order of operations is we all kind of know what the priorities are and we can you know really help to, to be more specific around dollar amounts and also around specific types of investments that will help us get there. So thank you. Thank you. And I just wanted to close on the metrics conversation is very important to me as well. And I want to thank the mayor for, you know, asking the question and coming back with additional information that we can get back to the council and get back to the measure you committee as well as you. Uh, but we do want to know what the human impact is. We do want to know how well the programs are functioning. We want to know how we're going to reinvest again in programs that are getting the job done. And so that's a very important component. And I appreciate you bringing that to our attention. Thank you. Okay. Um, thank you. That was really a, a thorough meeting. Um, again, the first of many. Thank you to my colleagues. Thank you to the staff again. Uh, thank you, Dr. Kofer and members of the public uh, who called in. If there's nothing further, 
to come before uh, the committee, we are adjourned.